Hey, Katie, thanks so much for being on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So the way I divide this podcast is I have three segments. So the first segment is more a bit into your personality. So that's rapid fire set of questions. So let's start off with what is the hardest part of your job? I would say maybe learning to not take things so personally. Um, we are working with the same group of people for years at a time on different sides of different issues. You win some, you lose some, um, learning just to go with the flow and um, not take things too personally. Nice. <laughs> what skills should a lobbyist possess? Um, we should definitely be adaptive. Um, you know, we're working with, like I said, a lot of different folks, new people come in every year, um, being responsive, things move very quickly, um, being reliable, uh, you know, we, the best thing we have is our reputation. I would say those are a good top three. Nice. What is something very few people know about you? Um, well, I own a mobile bar and, um, when I'm not in Raleigh lobbying, uh, sometimes you can find me bartending at weddings, um, on the Outer Banks is kind of a fun weekend gig. Sweet. So a mobile bar is something like you can, it's like, you can just invite for parties and then you just show up there. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's called Camp Cocktail. It's a 69 Shasta camper that was converted into a bar. And um, during the pandemic, a friend and I, you know, got kind of bored. A girl was selling this bar and it's just a lot of fun to hang out with people on the best day of their lives, serve them some drinks and um, a good excuse to be, to spend some time out on the beach. Very cool. Very cool. Um, do you have any role models in your life? Oh, I've got tons. Um, you know, there's the big ones that I'm sure we can all gravitate towards. Um, a big one for me, uh, Elizabeth Beiser. She was as a mentor. Um, she's the currently the secretary at the Department of Environmental Quality. Um, Bill Ross uh, was also a secretary um, of back when it was Diener, Department of Natural. Uh, environmental resources. Um, those are some personal ones. Um, you know, my mom, my sister. Nice. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? Hmm. A great one that I get from Bill that I just mentioned uh, often is cheer up, damn it. <laughs> and that kind of goes back to uh, not taking things too personally. Whenever I kind of get down or uh, get a little too stressed out about something we're working on, you know, he'll tell me to cheer up. And I think that that's always important to remember. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one thing you want your family to remember about you? That I was reliable. Um, and I was there for them. <laughs> I try to be, I'm very connected to my family. Um, my little sister lives up in Brooklyn, so I don't see her as often as I'd like, but um, I, see my parents most weeks. Um, and so just try to be there for them. Why is it important for 
the youths to be in government relations? Oh, that's incredibly important and a great question. So I've always been involved in politics since I was maybe in high school. I think that politics is the most accessible um, way to impact what's going on in your daily life as well as what's going on in the world. Um, the youth will be the next generation in charge. Um, I still feel like as a millennial, um, you know, we're just kind of getting to that point of being having a large influence. Um, and I just think impacting the world around you um, is one of the most important things you can do. So how would you educate the youth that being a part of government relations and the government processes is important to them? So two things that I would focus on is to not get too bogged down with hot controversial topics. Um, you know, we can all focus kind of what's going on at the federal level and that's what you see in the news. Um, but I think, you know, what's going on at the state level is just as important and just as impactful. So that's one thing I'd say, focus on your, your state and your local governments and how you can um, help there. Uh, the other thing I'd say is, um, you know, learn how to engage in political discourse in an effective and uh, civil way. I know that that's a, a big thing out with social media these days is uh, a lot of people don't speak to each other or, um, you know, maybe don't speak to each other as kindly as they should. And so I think having empathy, um, trying to see, meet people where they are and see um, where they're coming from. I think that's really important. So here's a fun question for you. Let's say you had all the money in the world. What would you do with it? It's so funny that you would ask that. And maybe this is an embarrassing thing to say on a podcast. But just the other day, I was having this conversation um, with some friends. Um, and obviously, you know, maybe buy out my mortgage, my parents' mortgage, you know, take care of some less than fun things. Um, maybe buy my cat, one of those really fancy litter boxes. I think they're like $600 where they clean themselves. Um, and I don't know, just travel. I think if I won the lottery and never had to work again, I would continue to do what I do today um, and advocate for a lot of my clients because they're things that I'm passionate about. Um, but just travel more. Nice answer. So let's jump into the second segment where we go into your past. Tell us, like, where did it all begin? Where did it all start in terms of your childhood? You know, when you said you were interested in politics, how did that start? So um, I'm from the Outer Banks, Eastern North Carolina. Um, so I've always had a deep connection with nature, wanting to be outside. Um, and just in high school, I had a really impactful current events teacher, Mr. Phoebus, <laughs> and then another really impactful oceanography teacher randomly, um, Mr. Williams. And they just, they were not incredibly politically involved, but you know, you wouldn't expect an oceanography teacher to be teaching you about the political process, but 
he did. He taught me about critical thinking. Um, and I think just from having sort of those experiences, realizing, um, you know, I would start volunteering on campaigns and um, realizing even at like 15, 16, I could have some sort of impact. Um, I don't know, just really inspired me. And uh, I think that that's kind of where it all began. And um, after high school, I see that you chose, did you jump into political science and government at the Meredith College or was it the environmental stuff you were interested in? So it was actually um, the, it, it was political science first. I knew I wanted to do political science. Um, I, I thought I wanted to go to law school. And then I realized that being an attorney, I work for attorneys, so they are great people. I love them. Um, but I, the, I don't think that I could sit in a desk at a desk all day in an office. Um, our jobs as lobbyists are so social. And I always, even after school, I thought I would be, go to law school and then become a lobbyist. And then found out that you don't really have to. So I'm, I'm just out here without one. Um, but yes, I always, I, I knew that I wanted to do politics and Meredith had actually just started their environmental sustainability program. Um, and that was kind of my second interest. And so um, I double majored. I see. So were there any um, specific courses you were interested in when you took those political science, um, you know, major, was there anything that you were specifically interested in there? Um, yeah, definitely. So I really found a love for philosophy and theory. Um, and so I took as many classes um, on that subject as I could, different environmental theory classes, political theory classes, philosophy classes, religion classes. Um, that sort of just the thought of thought uh, was very interesting to me. <laughs> okay. And if, um, if someone who is taking the political science degree, would you recommend that they should try their hand at government relations um, right after they graduate? Um, well, yes, if they have the opportunity. So I was very fortunate in that a few months after graduating, um, I was contacted by a local uh, state legislator from my hometown um, about managing his campaign. And that kind of, we might get into this a little bit later, but that kind of uh, sparked the journey that I'm on now. I worked for him on his second campaign. Uh, his name is Paul Tyne, uh, legislator from um, the Outer Banks. Um, and he I worked for him as his campaign manager and then his legislative assistant, and he just decided not to run again. And that's when it came to Brooks Pierce. Um, so I had that opportunity and I'm grateful for it. And I wouldn't give that up if I could go back. The only caveat I would have is that, um, you know, just turned 30. And uh, I think I already mentioned, you know, if I were to win the lottery, I would love to spend more time traveling. And so um, I think that if I were to talk to someone who was just out of college, I might recommend they take a little time off to travel the world and then get into government relations. <laughs> okay. And how did you get that position as a campaign manager? 
So I had actually just reached out to um, some folks around the Outer Banks uh, that I had volunteered with before on campaigns in the past. And my plan was to stay in Raleigh, but um, I had reached out just saying, you know, I'm happy to do some volunteer work this cycle, uh, especially digitally. Um, I'm one of the younger folks involved out here. Um, so stuff on social media was offering to help out with things like that. And um, they said, oh, well, you know, Paul is actually looking for a campaign manager. It was June on the Outer Banks and the sun. Um, yeah, June was a difficult time to find housing and my parents have a house here. So uh, he jokingly said that was the best thing I had going for me. <laughs> so would you say that starting out as a campaign manager um, defined who you are today? Um, no, I don't think so at all. I think um, working on campaigns is important work. And I think starting on campaigns is um, an avenue into the world of government relations. There's a lot of people that kind of go back and forth. Um, a lot of skills that I learned while campaigning are important in my work and my clients work and in some other personal, um, personal endeavors like financing, learning how to fundraise. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that it, that it necessarily defines who I am today. I don't, I only worked in campaigns for one cycle professionally. I had volunteered before, like I said, um, but I think there's a lot of lobbyists who have a heavy history in campaigning. So I don't feel like I can claim myself as, um, one of those, but, um, I also grew up working in the service industry, um, waiting tables. I even do some bartending now, like I mentioned. And I think that that sort of customer service aspect helps me a lot, both in the campaign world and also as a lobbyist now, just knowing how to talk to people, like I said, I think I probably could throw empathy in there as my fourth of what's important uh, to be an effective lobbyist. No, oh, very cool. That's a very fine point you raise that, you know, being in the service industry definitely helps, I guess, right, to maintain the government, you know, relationships with people and how to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And after your stint as a campaign manager, I see that you moved on to being as a legislative assistant at the NCGA. Tell mm -hmm. us, tell us, how did you get that? And what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, so um, I was Paul Tyen's legislative assistant, so the, the same legislator that I had uh, managed his campaign, and um, his current legislative assistant had been moving on to another uh, opportunity, and so after he won, he brought me back to Raleigh to work um, in his office, and that was a great experience. It gave me a good relationship with a lot of legislators who are still there today. Um, it gave me a lot of organizational skills. That was the first time that I had had run an office. I had worked in, a, in an office a few times in college, but you know, working on a campaign, it's kind of boots on the ground. Um, you know, in the nitty gritty of it, working out of your car most of the time, um, working in uh, as a legislative assistant gave me a lot of 
professionalism, I think, in that organizational office space. Um, it also made me really have a great appreciation for legislative assistance. Whenever I talk to up and coming lobbyists, I always recommend, um, you know, you don't need to just have good relationships with legislators, you need to have good relationships with their staff. Legislative assistants are kind of the gatekeepers to that office. Um, so if you get on their bad side, uh, you know, <laughs> your best bet is to catch someone in the elevator. <laughs> um, so I loved being a legislative assistant. I was on the fifth floor um, in a great little corner and um, we just had a great time and made a lot of great relationships that still help me today. Very cool. And how would you say um, when you like meet someone at the legislative assistant or someone there, how do you strengthen your network, right? How do you, how do you make sure that you know, you want to maintain a relationship and get better at it, how would you suggest someone do that? Well, I always say that the first conversation you should have with someone should not be to ask them something. So um, whether it's a legislative assistant or a new member um, or someone within the administration, um, I think you should try to create that relationship before you need the relationship. Um, so if you walk by an office and the door's open and you see someone you've never seen before, maybe just pop your head in and introduce yourself, ask them where they're from, um, try to establish a relationship that's not just um, work-based. Nice. Ask them if they have grandkids or, you know, whatever their demographic is, what movies they like. <laughs> Cool. Good, good answer. So let's move on to the next set. So after you were the legislative assistant, you moved on to be the government relations advisor at Brooks Pierce. Tell us how did you get up, get in here and what kind of roles and responsibilities you have here? Mm -hmm. So uh, like I mentioned previously, um, I was, I was brought into Brooks Pierce by Elizabeth Beiser as the current secretary at the department of environment, um, environmental quality and um so had a I had a great experience working with Chris or I'm sorry Elizabeth and Chris McClure who's now at the UNC system office and um had a great experience working with them for a few years they left Brooks Pierce now I've gone on to their very impressive jobs um and so now I I, I work on a team of three um, I work with Drew Moretz, who um, also just came from the UNC system office, and Ed Turlington, um, who's one of our partners at the firm. Um, and we manage together about 30 clients. Um, I specifically work on, um, I do a lot in conservation. I represent state parks, local parks, an organization called North Carolina Forever. Um, and uh, as well as some transportation clients, Sintra, um, some IT clients, um, I, we, we, the high point furniture market. Um, we, we, we have a lot of clients a lot, across a lot of different industries. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what I do is just advocating for whatever their needs may be. That's the funnest part of lobbying. Uh, not every day looks the same because 
we have so many clients with so many different needs. Um, and uh, specifically, a lot of what I do appropriations work. And so uh, basically trying to get appropriations for my clients stuck into the budget. Um, so uh, just working their agendas down at the General Assembly. I do um, some planning for some clients. And I had mentioned to you for this call, one of the things I'm working on currently is uh, a board retreat and an upcoming uh, event for North Carolina forever. Um, so my roles and responsibilities Brent, depending on the day of the week it is or the time of the year it is. Cool. And um, what kind of policies do you enjoy working on? Mm-hmm. So um, like I said, a lot of what I do is creations based. Um, I'm very passionate about conservation. So that's the kind of like my bread and butter of what I do. But in terms of what policies I enjoy working on, it really just depends. It changes depending on who I'm working with. We often work in coalitions with other lobbyists. So I'll have opportunities to work with friends of mine or people that I've never worked with before and get to strengthen those relationships. Um, Sometimes we'll work on something so random and so weird that you would never even think that that's something that the state legislature would have an opinion on, but there we are working on it. Um, And so it's kind of hard to answer that one just because, you know, my favorite policy might be one that I haven't even discovered yet. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Um, With that, let's move on to the final segment of this conversation, wherein you can talk anything about either yourself, your organization, or you know, what kind of advice would you give for someone who is getting into government relations? Yeah, I mean, I would love to talk, take the opportunity to talk more about uh, the firm Brooks Pierce. We um, are a large law firm. We've got about 100 attorneys. Um, we have offices in Greensboro, Raleigh, and Wilmington across so many industries that I couldn't even begin to describe them now. Um, We've got great attorneys, um, some former secretaries, like I said, um, and you know some graduates that have gone on to be secretaries. Um, and so, so one practice that we have that's kind of budding right now is um, the resiliency practice, um, which is kind of ties into a lot of the work that I've done with conservation. Um, and then I think I also mentioned parks in North Carolina forever. North Carolina forever is a Um, really cool, unique organization that brings together businesses and conservation organizations to advocate for land and water funding in our state. Um, They advocate for the trust fund and as well as oysters, living shorelines, lots of fun stuff. Um, And so that's a really great organization to work with because not only do they do good work in their advocacy, but they also are bringing together individuals who would never have um, a chance to maybe interact in the space that they do. Um, like, you know, the someone from Smithfield Foods and the Environmental Defense Fund coming together to talk about the importance of the trust fund is not a platform that we see a lot. Um, and we have Street coming up on the Outer Banks in a few weeks. So it just really gives our partners um, an opportunity to get to know each other on a personal level. So that's a really cool organization that I'm very excited about and excited to keep working with. Um, so, yeah. 
Nice. With that, I'd like to conclude by saying, Katie, you are a fun and passionate individual to work with. Um, thanks so much for being on the show and I wish you all the best for your future. Great. Thank you, Deepak.